Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast episode. I've lost count, so I don't know. Um, a lot to talk about. A mixed bag. A mixed bag this week. Uh, a defeat in Europe, a win in the league. Um, some players to talk about. I think a few of the players have given Mikhail Arteta a headache uh, coming in towards Thursday but we're going to talk about that right now. Good evening to you all in the chat box. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, much humbled, much humbled. Remember to check out our podcast link, our podcast sponsor, sorry, uh, the West Cork Beer Company down below in the description. Um, and also, uh, if you are kind enough to donate, do, do, donate, donate to the podcast, the link is below also um, in the description. Thank you very much to all those who have subscribed, uh, not subscribed, donated already thank you very very much indeed introduce my guest dan how are you sir very well thank you mate um i hope everyone's enjoying their bank holiday great to see everyone great to see everyone in the chat also and great to have graham back tonight so yeah absolutely great absolutely i just want to say mate before we go what a great show you've done on uh, friday with uh, kevin campbell and warren barton it was bloody brilliant so well yeah, done thanks. mate well done indeed Thank you, mate. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. Warren's always a good laugh, and obviously Casey's a legend to the show, and he's so it's good to get them both on together and just hear a couple of ex-professionals. A lot going on in the world at the moment, Craig. Let's get mm, to hear their absolutely. viewpoints as well. So, um, mm. yeah, no, thank you for that. Enjoyed the show as well. Thank, no, you. The, thank you, mate. Thank you. Mark, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good. I've had a peaceful weekend. I've uh, done a bit of work on the house on Saturday and spent some time with the family. Nice. Um, this weekend with a social media blackout which um, I've broken for this evening, but I felt from uh, lunchtime Friday till now was uh, me. Not that it's going to make a difference in the world, but I am one of a few. Well, look, if we can all make a difference. We've, we've, we've done it on Facebook, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We haven't tweeted, we haven't posted any Instas and we haven't posted on Facebook. A lot of people have said to me, why are you still doing YouTube? Um, well, my understanding was that it was Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. That was to be blacked out. No one said anything about YouTube. So, 
No, that's um, cool. But I'll tell you what, um, I've, I've, I've actually realised over just this very short period of time what I miss about social media. Nothing? What is, what is, no, no, I'll tell you what I miss. I miss um, the memories and, and the photos um, of friends and things having a good time in life. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's what, that's what I miss. Um, and that's, that's what I shall focus on when I go back. Yeah, well, there you go. There's a good thing. Good things come out of it, hasn't it? Exactly. Good things come out of it. Um, he's back joining us, the Don. Um, Graham, how are you, sir? And welcome back. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be back, mate. Uh, and I have to say, it's on the 50th anniversary of the, the, uh, the date today when we won the league at White Hart Lane in 71. Very so, good. Very, I, I have to say, because I, I haven't been on social media that much, so I didn't. I missed that. If Ray Kennedy would have been putting that header in the net, wouldn't he? Uh, nice. About an hour and a half's time on that night when we wrapped the league up and then next Saturday we went to Wembley and won the double 50 years ago. Nice. So it's, it's great to be back on, mate. Um, missed you all and looking forward to the night. And good to come back on on the back of a win over Newcastle. Yeah, it is. It is nice to win a game, isn't it? Um, good evening to everyone in the chat saying hello. Good evening, Miss Melina. Good evening, Gunner04. Um, the Real Giannis. Hello to you. Unique79. Craig, no super chats. No, there isn't. Um, there's no super chats anymore. I've taken a stand against them for you guys. Craig. Uh, you watch the, one second. Watch the video. Watch the video. There's a video there. Uh, channel update if you want to know why I've done it. But if you want to donate to the podcast, you can. The link is in the description just below you. Thank you very much indeed. Graham, can you can come in now. Yeah, I was just going to say, where's the judge? Is this, the is, judge. Is this a, where is he? Is he going to be judge, he, Well, he told me that he's going out for the day and he can't make it, but he's just turned up in the chat, look. So I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. What I reckon he's lying. I reckon for, for, straight away. Um, he's probably filming, I reckon, for his new channel. He's probably had too many half pints now. Yeah, probably. He's been, been, he's been in a beer. In, he's, he, he's, he's embarrassed he's in because he's what he's done is he's flip flopped again and he wants Arteta in now because we beat Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't want to come on and embarrass himself again. Poor old Lee. No, I think Lee has a little bank holiday tradition there. He goes out for the day, so he's gone out for the day um, with his family. And good luck to him. Um, He'll be back soon, I'm sure. Everyone needs a everyone needs some time off every now and again. The bloke's a legend. Um, what can I say when he rings me and says oh, I can't? I'm not available tonight. I can't really say. Well, you know, I've got, resting you know, him, I've, resting, resting him for Thursday. No, I'm resting him. Yeah, I'm resting him for next week. I'm resting him. He's still out. That he's still out. He's saying to me in the chat. He's still out. He's watching. Watch it, Daniel. He says, watch it, Potts. Nice to have you in the chat, mate. Nice to have you in the chat. Let's crack on then, Dan. We'll come to you first Wednesday night. Oh, my God. Um, done my first live watch along, actually, which I thoroughly enjoyed, I have to say. Uh, so you can come watch me again on Thursday night. Come and watch a game with me. Lots of people watched it with me, and it was a bloody good laugh. Um, what awful, Dan. Awful. We were talking about it in the chat while we were watching it. What kind of formation was it? Oh, my God. It was like a, what was it, a three-five-one-one. No one seemed to know what they were doing. The players didn't know what they were doing. I don't think Mikhail Arteta knew what he was doing. Uh, and we and, and we ended up losing. Lucky to still be in the game. But Leno saved our skin. Um, and then, of course, Saka goes up the other end and questionably goes over. But hey, look, we'll take it. And Pepe gets us the away goal. We're still in the tie somehow, Dan. Somehow. 
Well, I think it's the only positive, isn't it, that we're still mm. in the tie. I mean, let's be honest, Saka did his best to try and con the ref and actually did con the ref. I didn't think that was a penalty at all. I think no, I he didn't worked either. his magic very cleverly there. However, um, I am so confused by what we saw on Thursday night. And I think the majority of the fan base, if they were on the fence, have started to think, I'm done now. If you're if you're going to put three strikers out of the bench um, uh, and one of them not even on the bench and then play Smith Rowe up front in their place as a false nine, then um, that to me is is bad man management again uh, and disrespectful to those three individuals being Martinelli and Ketia, who, let's be honest, I didn't want to play and Balogun who didn't even make the bench. So I thought that was strange. I don't like Chakra at left back. Um because he gets exposed and roasted. And what happened in the first four minutes? He got exposed and roasted. And we went 1-0 down. Um, so I'm looking at this formation, looking at the team selection, and just thinking, please, just just leave. Get out of my club. I've had enough of you. I really have had enough of this manager. Um, and the fight that we showed going down to 10 men was the only positive, really, um, to try and get something back into the game. I don't really understand why he left Danny Ceballos on the pitch. I think everybody could see he was going to get sent off. He was well, on I the think yellow. Just to cut, sorry to cut across you there. I think Go we on, actually yeah. got better. I actually think we got better when he got sent off. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. We went down to 10 men and we actually got we actually played better. But Danny Ceballos um, got sent off and the manager didn't even make any changes for 10 minutes. I mean, it was unbelievable. I've never seen a manager get a player sent off. Normally, it's like, right, how are we going to sort our formation out? And because we didn't have a formation, he just carried on playing. Um, the midfield was absolutely shambolic. I mean, I'm looking at party, not knowing where anyone else is. Ceballos, a nightmare, as we discussed. Um, Erdegaard looked about 20% fit. Smithrow didn't know what he was supposed to be doing playing. Again, disrespectful to players like Martinelli. Um, so very disappointing, Craig, and I don't feel, I think the, the worst part for me was we had a manager in Unai Emery that conceded 35 goals every game, uh, sorry, shots every game even, and we didn't even have three shots, did we, mm, against an Unai Emery side that, let's be honest, has got Etienne Kapoue, one Foyth, and uh, Raul Albiol in it. And the only the only player that, that really, I think, could have caused us problems was Chukwueze, who is down the right-hand side against Chaka. And, of course, he did. But other than him, I don't really think they've got any massive threat. Unai Emery actually did a bit of an Unai Emery and took he off did, the striker yeah. and put on Done Francis Bokeland. Yeah. <laughs> and then, luckily, we got back into the game. Absolutely. So that is the only positive, Craig. We got the away mm. goal, mate. And we're still oh, no. in the tie on Thursday. I oh, know we're still in the time. Mark, did you watch the game? What did you make of it, mate? What did you? I mean, we 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 done a live podcast just before um, just before that game, and and we were talking about the team. And when the team, when you when you saw the when you saw the names on paper, we were like, oh wow, this looks half decent. You know, he's he's going out there to go for it. But then when we turned the telly on and the podcast was over, <laughs> and you see the formation. Well, well, well. I still don't think he's figured it out, has he? He's, no, he's, he's obviously still, not. He's still trying to say it every week. It's getting broken record now, but this is a unique season and, and, and this rotational thing has to happen. But um, I just just can't for the life of me understand why he's played David Luiz this weekend, who's then come off with a muscular injury. Mm. These things don't happen overnight. You can get unlucky. Why he's risked the player, in my opinion, and this is sad to say, and I said it to you the other night, who's our best 
best centre half. Um, why he's risked him and, and lost him, I, I will never know. You know, he's a big game player, WS. Now, whether you like it or not, <laughs> you, you could argue that he's 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 good at losing big games or he's good at winning big games. Either way, if you're going to win this cup competition, you've got to have your best players on song on the night. And and um, I think, yeah, he's, he's risked David Luiz and lost him there. And that's probably the last we'll see of David Luiz in an Arsenal shirt. I've got, that's what I feel um, for financial reasons, not footballing reasons. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't. There's this big hoo-ha, isn't there, about Martinelli, and everyone keeps raving and ranting about Martinelli. But listen, no one across our midfield is good enough. That, that's that's a fact, right? You take Xhaka and Party out of that, because I'm talking about going forward. You look at Manchester City, the best team in the in the, in England by far, the UK most definitely, Europe possibly, the world. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. They they have got four or five players who have scored have got more assists, and that's what you're expecting from a midfielder. And very rarely will you find uh, a Frank Lampard in this world who scores goals. You know you're looking for assists from wingers and wide men and creative players, and we've we've got one player who's got five assists in the Premier League this year, and he's the one and he's the player that everybody is saying has been absolutely turd in William. Nobody else has got anywhere near that, by the way. Smith Rowe, Sabias. Sabias has done nothing. Odegaard, nothing. They're, they're, they're not kind of, I mean, for all the energetic, uh, you know, try, they're triers. They're a bunch of triers, aren't they? But they, and there's no end product. There is no end product. But now, whether that's down to your front line, not converting, not being on song, being unfit, call it what you will. But we are just not good enough. The players, you know, Manchester City have got five players in their team who've scored over five assists this season. Yes, De Bruyne, Sterling, you know, the list goes on. But this recruitment, it's players. And I, 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 I genuinely stand by it. I don't know. Yes, he's making mistakes. But Uda Emery made mistakes. Arsene Wenger made mistakes. Sir Alex Ferguson made mistakes. But if you've got good players, good players will win football matches. They you know, Roy Keane will stand on the side of a pitch and he'll say, I don't take blind bit of notes what that manager said to me before the game. I, I didn't have to. I knew what was required of me. I knew what was in the team to do. And I went out on the pitch and I did it. And, and if I didn't do it, I would turn around to the manager and say, take me off, I'm having a shocker. You know, or, or he would go through someone and, 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 and even the sides up. Do you know what I mean? It, it, that, this team are naive and they are, they, they're in need of some serious leadership and that's got to come from the side of the pitch in the manager and, and the coaching staff and that's got to come from a lieutenant who is the manager's right-hand man on the pitch. We don't have that. We don't have any of that. We've got a rookie manager who's learning on the job who I believe is a fantastic coach, a, a world-class coach, and, and, and I, I, I'm after Steve Round here because I'm, I'm, you know, he was brought in after coaching with Moyles and all the rest of this, that, and I've been in the Premier League for donkey's years. He's the one that should be guiding Arteta. Now, if he is guiding him to do the things he's doing and this is the end result, then he needs to go. And if he's guiding him to do other things to what Arteta's doing and Arteta's not listening to him, then obviously he might as well go because yeah. he's not being listened to. 
Uh, and also this captain issue. You know, I like Rob Holding, good squad player. Not good enough to get you in the top four. We all agree, I think. But we like him in the squad because he's not costing you a fortune. You've got to balance the books. He's English and all, the, and he ticks those boxes and he can fill in, etc. He's not the bloody captain of Arsenal Football Club. Let's have it right. <laughs> Let's have it right. No, I, I agree with you on the captaincy thing, mate. It's been one of my, it's been one of my my peeves for God knows how long now. I mean, like. I'll go back to it. I've said it before on this post. I'll go back to it when we gave it to Theo Walcott because it was his birthday. Do you know what I mean? You look back at the captains we've had. You know, if they were watching that game and they hear the commentator say, oh, um, Arsene Wenger has given Theo Walcott the captaincy today because it's his birthday. You know, can you imagine what Patrick Vieira must have thought of that? Tony Adams, Roberto Silva, Thierry Henry. Tony Adams would have had him up against the wall. He'd have said, "Give me that armband back, you little fool." Yeah. I tell you what, you, I tell you what, you get when it's your birthday. You get to buy the drinks all night. Now, shut up, sit down, get to the back of the queue, and follow me out this tunnel. Exactly. That's, that's... <laughs> you, you know, but that's a that's a ment- you know that's 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 a mentality thing, isn't it? That's a that's it's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, Graham. Uh, Wednesday night, mate. What, tell us why it was such a shambles. Tell, you know what? Thursday I think night. we, we, we got Thursday, Thursday night. So I keep night. saying, Brains, I keep saying, Wednesday. wishful thinking, wishful <laughs> yeah, thinking. I, I wish it was a next season. Is in the Champions yeah. League? Yeah. Next season. <laughs> next season. Next season. Um, how did he get it so wrong, Graham? How did he get right. it so wrong with the players that he had at his disposal? I think the best quote of the night I saw on Twitter was from a guy called Andrew Allen, and he said. You can tell that there's two Arsenal managers in charge of these two teams. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> wow! Yeah, the, that, that that was the tweet of the night. Uh, I was just trying to find it there on my phone, but that was the tweet of the night. Uh, I think he got the um, uh, formation wrong. He got the tactics wrong. He got the in-game management wrong. And I think he basically froze on the night. He absolutely froze. Our inexperienced manager with the biggest game of the season just froze. He had to change it at half time. He didn't. To go with a false nine. Um, it's just amazing. And I was trying to work out before the game. It was obvious uh, from his selection that he was going to play either... Everyone was saying he's going to play Pepe down the middle, but um, it was going to be Odegaard or Smith-Rowe as a false nine. I just think he got it totally wrong. And if Martinelli is never... If Martinelli can't get picked in a game like this with everybody out, you just question whether he's ever going to get picked for Arsenal. And although he came out today and said he loved uh, Martinelli, didn't he? He didn't love him enough last week to play him in that game, did he? Mm. So I, I just think that... Um, the, the funny thing was, we are so lucky still to be in this game. Um, they were two up. They had chances to go three up. Uh, they should have been out of sight. And then, luckily for us, Emery, and I think he'd bring this caution to the second leg. He is a cautious manager. He made that ridiculous half-time substitution. He took up a striker and put on Cockland that gave us a chance to get back in it. And even then, uh, he didn't react quick enough when Sabias was in trouble. He should have taken Sabias off, not just because he was on a yell, but he was just bloody poor in the game. He was just shocking. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, he loves this system with uh, Jacker uh, left side, doesn't he, uh, in the build-up. Uh, and he pushes on into midfield. For me, and he's going to stick with this this week, you know, the, the clear clue on Sunday didn't change against Newcastle, so Jacker's still going to play there again in the second leg. I don't like it as much as Dan don't like it. Um, I get what he offers in the build-up, but I just worry about him one-on-one. And, and the fact is, with Jacker, is that he's so worried about lack of pace that he sits deep so the defence doesn't push up 10 yards. We should have been further up the pitch. 
Uh, and the fact is that once they played out around the press, they were able to get at us quite quickly. There was a lack of understanding between Sabias and Jacker that let in their first goal. Uh, and, and I just think Jacker is um, exposed one-on-one too easily. Uh, and Sabias, if he asked Sabias to come across and cover, they didn't seem to understand their roles. But I think fundamentally for me, a football team is about structure. You build your pillars, your structure in football teams. Uh, so players have the uh, ability to be comfortable in the way they set up, allows the more instinctive players to flourish. When you've got players playing in positions they're not comfortable with, in formations that, that uh, ask for a lot of detail, I just think this is what happens. It, you've got to think that Arteta thinks he's managing Man City. If he's got 50, 60 million pound players all across the pitch, uh, he must have watched the way Pep set up at PSG the night before mm. on, on the Wednesday, Craig, as you said and thought, you know what, I'm going to go with that tomorrow night. But what he forgets is he's got, um, uh, he hasn't got university uh, educated kids. He's got grammar school, secondary school kids. He hasn't got the quality to play this way. And I think he just needed to have changed it. It was the wrong tactics from the start, the wrong formation, and his in-game management was poor. You know, the way he uses the subs for me is just criminal, and he doesn't make subs quick enough. We used to question Wenger sort of always used to make subs after 65 minutes or whatever it was, but he makes subs too late in the day. I mean, I heard him, I think it was said something like on the night, he wait, he was going to get Martinelli on uh, earlier uh, and he was going to get Sabaya. But that substitution, getting Martinelli on, took 11 minutes. So he doesn't react quick enough in games for me. But I I, I, I just think that, um, I look at it, Emery's team, you know, uh, Emery, we watched Emery manage Arsenal. You know what Emery's going to do. He's going to vacate the centre of the pitch He's going to push his wing back up high. He's going to ask his wide boards to come inside. And he's going to try and create those overloads in central midfield. We just left the gaps there for them to expose us in. And I think if, if he learned anything from, if we learned anything from Emery, we know the way Emery's teams play, that we were like cutback FC. He'd have his, uh, his wide boards coming inside, his wing backs pushing high for the overloads and getting crosses in. Uh, and and he, used, he didn't play through the centre of the pitch. That's why Ozil became such a peripheral figure at Arsenal, because we stopped playing through the centre of the pitch. Um, but Arteta didn't seem to have done his work. And, and to ask his team to play in such a complicated way in our biggest game of the season was just a massive risk. And, and, did him. and I think Villarreal will feel as though they should have killed the tie. We're lucky still to Well, they should have done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Very, I mean, I can't believe he's... I can't believe he's experimented with a formation in the semi-final of a, of a European competition. And that's, that's basically... You know, it's what he's done. I just think he overcomplicates things too much, Craig. The one thing about yeah. Wenger, Wenger was always criticised for not looking at the opposition, but the one thing Wenger recognised was the strength of his players, the way we he allowed people to express themselves and be instinctive. He had a structure in place that those players would go and perform up the pitch. And this is what we lack under Arteta. Everything seems too rigid, too structured. Players being asked mm. to do things, I don't think that they understand the detail. And he's putting players in positions they're not comfortable with, square pegs and round holes, Smith Rowe. Uh, you know, um, as a false nine, Jacker as a left back. Um, I just think you need to get the fundamentals of a football team right in structure. And then that allows you more instinctive, creative players to, to go and perform. And I think he's starting this the way, he's, the way he sets the team up. And I think that showed itself more than ever last week in Villarreal. We're so lucky still to be in this time. Mm. Dan, kind of talking about Newcastle and Villarreal coming up this week, um, you know, a bit of a nothing game yesterday. He changed the formation again, went back to his more conventional 
four two three four two three one, I suppose it was. Um, we well, got the win. It wasn't, it wasn't a four two three one, Craig. Oh, no, go on. No, it, it was more. It, uh, sorry, Dan, for coming in. It, I thought it was more a four three three, but it was almost like uh, in build up. It was like a uh, a three two five. So what he did was he asked Bellerin to play more inverted, and he's like he had his three three players at the back. So Xhaka was sort of playing left back, but even he was pushing into midfield when we got the uh, ball further up the pitch. You had your Xhaka, uh, and you had your two centre backs. Then Bellerin was playing more inverted in the middle uh, with uh, El Neno, and 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 so by the, um, Odegaard were playing more as number eights. So because Newcastle set up with a five at the back, we were trying to play five up. So we were playing five up, and it was like a, it was like a three-two-five. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh, um, when Jacker pushed on, more a, a, a two-two-six even you know, to sort of like get the extra players up to sort of get the players to try and. And what they were doing quite cleverly, uh, I noticed that, um, what Bellerin was doing. William trying to pull the uh, wing back uh, Richie out of position, allowing Bellerin to get in behind, and he's like a Bellerin is like your. Like a one thing Bellerin offers, which Dan, I know Dan don't like Bellerin, but Bellerin is a very good first phase runner. So, 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 and when you've got someone like Louise with quarterback passing ability, you can knock a ball 60 yards over the top. That's what was happening. William was coming short, pulling the wing back out, allowing Bellerin to move in behind to get on the end of those long passes. Uh, and and so, so I think that's the way he did it. So it was more like a 4 3 3 to start with, with two numbers. It became like a, I would say, a, a, a 3 2 5. Uh, in, with Jacker then pushing up to make a, a into midfield um, as the play progressed, but I think the one thing we did better in this against Newcastle, albeit a very Newcastle were perfect opposition for us because they had nothing to play for; they were virtually safe. Uh, um, we we pushed high up the pitch, uh, and we literally they couldn't get out, so they were playing five at the back. Bruce changed it too late, and, and we basically started fast on the front foot, pushed him back, scored the early goal, and it came from the Louise pass, which, again, Bering got in on the crossing, which uh, obviously almost swung up and missed, came back to Elneny, whose shot was in the corner that the keeper should have saved it with his right hand. So um, once we established the superiority in the game, we basically then had control of the game. Newcastle's heads dropped for the rest of the half. Bruce didn't make any changes tactically. And basically were able to run the game. They, they came out better in the second half. And we did sort of like ease back slightly. But then we scored that really good second goal and killed the game. But I think mm-hmm. that was a tactic. It wasn't, it was, it was, it was, it obviously moved away from the false nine, Craig. But it was more, a, as I say, a 4 3 3 with two number eights. But in build up, it was almost like a 3 2 5. That's what I thought. I don't know what the others thought. Dan, um, there was a couple of players against Newcastle. I think it's given Mikhail Arteta a headache. Um, one of them would be the goalkeeper, who I thought was outstanding yesterday. Didn't have much to do, but when he didn't have much to do, but when he done it, by God, did he do it well? Um, brilliantly commanding. Some of the catches he took yesterday were out of this world. Superb catches. Um, you know, some of them over the back of his head, like you know, through while he was in the air. You know, such a hard ball to catch that, but. I thought he was brilliant, commanding. Um, I was reading a, I was reading a piece um, on the internet today that he was talking to the defenders in Spanish. He was talking to the defenders in their own languages. 
Um, that is what you want from a goalkeeper. That really is what you want from a goalkeeper. I mean, don't get me wrong, Burnt Leno is still a great goalkeeper. Um, you know, but I'm looking as a fan. If you're going, if you if you're going into a European, you know, semi final, you've got to play those players that are in form. And I mean, he's he's got to start Martinelli on Thursday. He has to start Martinelli on Thursday with Aubameyang up front, Pepe on the right, or Saka on or wherever. If I was a manager, Dan, I'd even be putting Saka in at left back to, to you know, for, for the balance. Because like Graham says, like Mark says, like you said, Xhaka's getting roasted. Bring Xhaka back up into the midfield with party. I know some of us are not his biggest fan, but that's where he's best and that, that, that's where he needs to play. Um, so looking on to Thursday, Dan, I mean, not really much point talking about the Newcastle game except for, you know, Perhaps the performance of Martinelli. Herbert got a goal, which is great to see. I thought Matt Ryan was brilliant. The injury to David Lewis is very unfortunate. Um, so Bios didn't do too bad, I suppose, after after the nightmare he had in Spain. So Thursday night, obviously very, very important. Judgment day, you know, it's judgment evening if he loses. You know, if, if he loses, I think a lot of the fan base are going to want him gone. Although I don't think he will, I, I still I still believe he'll be here next summer and he'll be our manager at the start of the season. Um, that's not my personal preferences, but that's what I can see happening. Um, so, Dan, how you know how important that he gets it right on Thursday? Really, <laughs> really important. Sorry, really that, important. That's uh, all right. It's like that Sky News thing, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> That's the second time he's done that. It's just the facial expression of Graham. It just got me. (laughs) It's it's Graham's eyes. I can tell you exactly where she was in the room by Graham's eyes. (laughs) Sorry for people listening on the audio. Um, (laughs) uh, Listen, you never know what is going to happen with this manager. You can never predict the team lineup. You can never predict the formation. I I think Graham's spot on. I thought it was a 4-3-3 yesterday in and out of position. It changes. Um, I think 3-2-5 is about spot on. I thought Bellerin had a really good game. I thought David Lewis had a really good game until he got injured. Mm. I was really impressed with um, El Nenny. I think what happens with... Elneny and Erdegaard and players, some of the players in our midfield actually, is when teams stand off you and let you play, they do run the show. And Arsenal have got enough quality to kill teams off. And that's kind of what we did in the end yesterday. Got an early goal, which changes everything. Um, And I loved the second goal. I thought the play was exceptional. Erdegaard's creativity and vision. Martin is across, which is... Way to pass then. That is his way to way pass. Of, it, it reminded me, you know when he played a pass like that against West Ham? You know when we scored that goal... Uh, forget was it Pepe Chambers. put the cross it? No, it's the Pepe. Pepe crossed it for Lacazette, but he 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 knows how to play up a weight of pass into those areas. And with Martinelli with his wrong foot as well, um, I do think Martinelli and Aubameyang that could be a developing partnership because I think uh, Martinelli seem I did know they sometimes come in like a two, so the almost sort of not not. Still not back to fully fit, but Martinelli with his press uh, and the fact that he's able to run inside sometimes, he was still supporting all we're in a two. That's a, that is a good partnership we could develop there. Uh, but I, I don't think answers a great question. I don't think Martinelli's going to play on Thursday night. Uh, he, he created five, five chances, I think, in that game and the assist. And he's, he was the one person always going to press 
even when William and Aubameyang weren't pressing, he was the one leading the press. But I just think that he his close control, uh, um, his speed, his energy. He, people have said he's almost like a, a, a mini Sanchez, isn't he? Maybe that's a bit too high praise at the moment. But we've got we've got young guys in this team like Saka and him, who are developing quicker than this team, and that, that's my worry. You know, if we ain't careful, if we don't put the right players around them, when the young players are carrying the team instead of the senior players, when the young players are the ones who are standing up instead of the senior players, that's a worry for me. Uh, it's good that they're doing that, but I, I just think that um, um, you know these players are going to be they they, they want to be winners, and and if we want to hold on to these players. We got to develop this team, uh, and this question is: Can we develop this team? Have we got the right manager to develop this team? You know, and, and I, I just think that um, I look at Martinelli's performance, and I just think that he's a he's a goal threat. We don't shoot enough at goal. He's always looking to put defenders under pressure. He's got an eye for goal. He wants to have a shot. He he's a winner. You can see it already. Even at nineteen, uh, he's a winner. Uh, and, and I just think that I can see Aubameyang and him switching positions as well. Aubameyang can go out left, he could go central. Notice the ball that when Aubameyang went off, Martinelli came central. He he is just hungry. You can tell he's hungry. We've got a real top talent there. Uh, and, and I know I can understand the thing about his age. We don't want to rush him and all that. But, you know, I would like to see him play on, on um, Thursday night. He's not going to play him, is he? You know he's not going to play him. It's going to be... Well, I, I can't... It's going to be Pepe, Pepe, Aubameyang and Saka, isn't it? I, I just think we've got to get him into the team. Well, look, if they're, they're, if, going, to, they're going to sit deep, Craig, they're going to. Emery's yeah. teams are very conservative. He's going to he's going to sit with everybody behind the ball, and he's just going to look for that wide guy to isolate him one on one and Jacker. You just know what's going to happen. So, um, you know I, would be, I would be more inclined to play Saka at left back um, on 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 Thursday night. I really would. Mark, what do you? I'm just sorry to disturb you there, mate. You're doing a crossword here or something? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just writing down. I've got a little job, building job. I've got to do tomorrow. I'm just writing down some materials on the. Sorry, I'm just, uh, um, um, what's going on? What's what, do you, what, what do you what do you make of the comments today that Arteta made that um, having Tierney and Martinelli on the same side wasn't working? Um, that Tierney wanted to attack. Have we ever tried it? I don't, I don't remember ever ever, ever happening. Was well, it? that's it's, true. Yeah, so, that, that's, I don't, that's I don't think the pair of them have been fit at the same time. Have they? Yeah, I mean, that, the, the pair the pair of them have barely been fit, Craig. So how have they played together? That was the manager' excuses, only. That was the manager's uh, excuse, well, anyway. Okay, um, well, listen. Let, let, he can give us a reason, and that's fair enough. What the manager gets damned if he does, and damned if he don't. If he, if he don't give us a reason for what he's doing, we're all questioning him and telling him he's a fool. Don't know what he's doing. He gives us a reason. We all tell, we all tell him we don't believe him. This is an excuse. I mean, you can't win, you can't, you know, some games. Talking about can't win, you know, Newcastle game. Now, they've set up at home, embarrassing, not to get beat. This is a game for them that they're not expected to pick up any points, you know, traditionally. So, Steve Bruce has done what any old school manager would do, and he's set up his stool to not get beat. And, And we've played offensive players in defensive positions to to find a way to, to 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 do the job. Nice early goal, forced them into changing their tactics to come out of their shell, and we've come away from a 2-0 win. That listen, the history books won't tell you how it happened. No one really gives a shit. It it, it just happens. This is football. Do you know what I mean? And you could go back through Graham mentioned the nineteen seventy one season. I bet only I bet not a lot of those games were beautiful. 
You know what I mean? Football isn't beautiful sometimes. You have to win ugly uh, and you have to just find a way to win. And this is what we need to do. But but by the end of the season, is find a way to win. And this is my problem with our midfield. I don't believe that they are tactically astute, experienced men that know how to win. And uh, Thomas Party, Granite Jacker, Mohamed Arnili is he's coming, you know, he's getting there of an age, of a physicality, of, of a stature of a man, getting some self-belief. And that'll do him the world of good, by the way, getting his first ever Premier League going, 65 games. I mean, that's embarrassing. But, um, you know, you look at Sabias, he's not going to make it in the Premier League. He's not. He's not strong enough. He's too weak. He's not, he's not a defensive midfielder and he's not a creative midfielder. I don't get what he is. He, he can't boss games. He can't physically impose himself on games. He's no good. He can go back to Real Madrid. No regard. We're talking about him giving assist assists. <laughs> what is he? The new Mesut Ozil? I don't care if he's got a lovely way to pass. Mesut <laughs> Ozil has. You know, I want end results from midfielders going forward or from a defensive midfielder. I want him breaking up play and giving the ball to people who can create things. And, and you know, Saka in defence, I know why I was saying it. He was learning his trade and he was willing to do a job there for us. And it's not, I'm not ruling it out, but I'm just saying we need him in the final third. We do. And that is a sad state of well, affairs see, for our the reason, the reason I say, I re- The reason I say about Saka, Dan, I'll come to you on this one, see if you agree with me. I think Saka's been quite poor of late uh, in the yes. final third. Um, so... Uh, as a fan or as someone who's looking at players on the pitch, I can't... For me, Martinelli is the first name on the team sheet first day. He's the first name that goes on it. I, I just cannot see how Mikhail Arteta leaves this boy out on Thursday. We need to score goals. We need chances created. How do you not play him? I just... Why Why do man, Why have managers gone away from playing their informed players? I think you need to uh, accept and get used to it, Craig, because he is not going to start on Thursday. I can guarantee <laughs> it. Um, this manager will not play him. Um, this manager apparently loves him and really rates him, but you wouldn't know it from looking at the team selection over the last six months. Um, I can tell you what the team will be, and um, and it, it ain't gonna, I ain't going to like it, because um, Leno's going to be back in goal. Um, it's going to be Chambers at right back. It's going to be Holden and Pablo Maria at the centre-halves. It's going to be Granite Chaka at left back. It's going to be Mohamed Elneny and Thomas Partey in the middle with Erdegaard in the number 10. And I think he's probably going to go with Saka on the right, Pepe on the left and Aubameyang up top. And he might drop Smith-Rowe, uh, but he ain't going to play Martinelli. He's going to either drop Pepe and Martinelli or Smith-Rowe and Martinelli, um, which obviously I don't agree with. I think that team will be quite weak. I don't mind Elneny and Partey as much as Sabayos. I just think Danny Sabayos, I'm with Mark. I just think his time's done. He, you know, Elneny will do a job. He's not nothing special. I don't want him in the team moving forward, but he will do a job. Danny Sabayos, I don't know what he is. And in the Europa League, how many times has he cost us now? What, four games? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he doesn't deserve to start. Um, the, my problem with this game is Granit Xhaka. And as much as he improved within the game last week, I think he will get exposed again because that is their main danger. They've got a great striker and they've got a great winger and they'll cause some problems to Granite Chaka. I think the problem I have with Mikel Arteta um, is the naivety at times. And I understand it's going to be because he's a, he's a, you know, he's doing his best, but it's not good enough. And um, I'm not sure I appreciate the chopping and changing. And I'm not sure that the players appreciate the chopping and changing. 
the mismanagement of some of the players, the lack of confidence that he gives some of the players that he must do when you have somebody like Eddie Nketiah, who I don't think is good enough, uh, who gets a game against Everton and then the next game, he's not even getting a chance. They're playing Smith Rowe in, in ahead of him. I would be saying... What's going on here? I think my time at Arsenal is done. It's time for me to get out of here. And Martinelli might be looking at that in the same light. I don't know. But I do think that if you put in a performance like Martinelli did yesterday, surely he will be sitting there rugging his shoulders, ready to go, thinking I'm definitely yeah. in this team. And I think he's going to be disappointed just like us fans. Sometimes, Craig, I look at the team selection and it kind of deflates you before even a ball's yeah. kicked. And I've done that a lot with this coach. I can never understand what his team is going to be. And I think, I don't know what Graham thinks, but I think that team that I've just said there will probably be what we're going to see on, on Thursday night. Yeah, 100% agree with you. That's a team that I think he's going to go with. But I think he'll play Pepe on the right and Saka on the left uh, of the front three. That will be the team. Just coming back to the central midfield, um, the, the points Mark made about the central midfield. My issue with the central midfield is we don't score enough goals from central midfield. If you look yeah, at I think the, we're second, we're, just a couple of quick, we're second from yeah. bottom. Um, yes. In the whole league, uh, from goals that, from midfield, I, th- I think um, three, three goals now on any score. Yeah. Oh yeah, three. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, so yeah, three goals from central midfield. You think we used to have Ramsey scoring eight, nine goals from central midfield? Used to have Ozil popping up with a few goals and creating from there. We do not create, and we do not score enough goals from central midfield. And Danny Sabayas, I'm just wondering why he played last week because I woke up on that morning and I checked my Twitter feed, and the things I saw was Danny Sabayas saying. Oh, I don't really want to play for Arsenal next season. I want to go back. I don't like the Premier League. I want to go back to La Liga. When oh, a player yeah. saying when a player saying that about twenty four hours before an important Europa League game semi final, you think, well, surely he ain't going to be in the team, is he? You don't even want to be here. Yet there he is on the team sheet. Danny Sabias um, does not understand structure off the ball. That's the problem. Uh, I know he's been asked to play this sort of number eight role down the left hand side in these pretty little triangles. But the problem I've always had is is that um, out of possession, that's where we struggle. He's not offering the protection to Jacker, and he's not back in the position to support Partey in the middle of the pitch. And that's where we're vulnerable. So our, our midfield is poor out of possession for the way he sets us up and doesn't score enough goals. And we've got a player playing there who last week said he didn't want to play for us. He, wanted to, he, he didn't like the Premier League. He wanted to be back in the leader. If a player says that to me and I'm boss, you're out the side, son. I'll bring someone in who wants to play. And, and I know he's got his options limited. I know Harry had come on and say, if he was here, bless him, Harry. I miss him, actually, because I you know, just missed agreeing with everybody. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he, he would sort of, like, defend him and all that. But I just think Tobias is the sort of player, he wants too, much, too many touches in build-up. He can't play through a press. We've discussed this before. Structurally poor off the ball. Just don't think he's suited. To, to, to Problem is, football. Graham. Let me just jump in there. Let's, let's yeah. think about what Aaron is saying. In on me? <laughs> no, well, well, let me come in. Let, let me come in, Graham. Let me come in. What, you know, who else is he going to play? That's it. If, That's he, if, he's, if he's got Jacker yeah. out at left back because he believes, you know, because he's he so plays, class. He plays, match, no, he plays. He plays Jacker, no, he plays Jacker and Party as a pivot. Class and Hatch playing uh, the other night. We do not concede that goal. He doesn't. He doesn't get beat. If Klasenac is still playing for Arsenal, he doesn't get beat. He doesn't get beat like Xhaka gets beat. That cross never comes in, and Leno doesn't concede that goal. You know, we have weakened our squad through for trying to get rid of a, a culture, which I'm all for moving players on, and I said it all along. Move players on, 
only when you've got better replacements. At the right time, or at the right it's, time, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's what, it's, what, it's what I said earlier. He wants this build-up play, he wants this structure, which is more important to him than putting the... Uh, he wants this... Uh, he wants Jacker in that position to build the play up from left back uh, with his left foot. To, his passing numbers are quite good, by the way, Jacker. But but I would rather have a left back. I I, I think you have to put your structure. Like Ray in Wilkins. Place. It's like Ray, Ray Wilkins, yeah. Graham, isn't he? Ray, yeah, Ray Wilkins. Yeah. He's a hundred percent pass rate. They called him the crab for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that um, you, you put your structure, you get your structure of your team right. So your left back should be somebody who's got uh, plays the role, and if it isn't Tierney. It's got to be Cedric. Cedric. It's almost like he's fought the radar. So you know, I just I don't, 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 right out of the pitch. I don't understand why you know, I don't under, I don't understand why we're all we're all um, knocking out Saka at left back. Seriously, I, I don't. Saka and Martinelli down the left wing. I mean, it goodness worked, me! It worked wonders. It worked wonders. Yeah, I know. Didn't it, at the start. Why is everyone? Why is everyone sacking that off? Right. I don't Martin, know, is, 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 if you're, we're in a European semi-final on Thursday night and we need to score two goals and not concede any, right? Or one goal and not concede any. Oh, why, are we talking about putting, why are we talking about putting Granite Xhaka in at left-back when we've got Martinelli, who's just put in a man-of-the-match performance against Newcastle? All right. I, I, I take into consideration that it was, you know, that Newcastle had nothing to play for, this, that and the other. But the fact of the matter is he was the standout player. I can't see how a manager, a football manager, can drop a, a, a man in a match performance and a standout player in a European semi final when it's glaringly so. obvious what he can do. Then put Saka in at left back. Saka can play left back. We've all seen Saka play left back. He can do the job and put Martinelli on that left wing because, as I said to you, Dan, about ten minutes ago. I think Saka has been poor in the final third the last few games, and when you've got a boy like Martinelli. Like you said, who is hungry and ready to go, he could be the game changer for us on Thursday. He could be the man that puts. Don't worry about Abamyang. Don't worry about your Pepe's, your Odegaards. It could be Martinelli. The difference, whether well, we go out of Europe or stay in Europe. I've been crying okay. out for this kid to be playing a long, 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 long time. And I think you're right. He does need to be playing. The reason I think people are poo-pooing the Saka at left back is because we're playing four at the back. And when Saka has played there before, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we've been playing three at the back with Bellerin and Saka or whoever and Saka. So when he did play with Martinelli, it was because we had a three at the back and he was more of a wing back. So I think that's why he's, he, people are saying no to Saka at left back because he hasn't played in a back four. I think he has a few times, but not regularly or consistently. Now, I agree with you, Craig. He could definitely do a job there, and I would 100% play him over Granite Chaka. I'd play Cedric, I'd play Saka. Chaka would not be an option at left back for me. And Warren Barton made a great point on Friday and said that it's as if he's rung up Uncle Pep and he said, What do you think I can do here? Because I'm really struggling. And he said, Do you remember when I played Fabian Delph at left back? Have you got a centre midfielder that can go and drop into left back? And I thought, what a great point. And that's, I think, what's happened. And he thought, well, I can only really put Chaka in there because he's left-footed naturally. And Arteta's got his in his head that people can't play on other sides of the pitch if they've got one foot, uh, particularly in the back four. So that's why I think... In terms of Martinelli, of course he should be starting. 100% he should be starting. And I don't think we'll see it. But, and now there is a but to this, as much as I do want to see it, I would start him. 100% 100% I start both of them. I don't feel sometimes the team you start with 
is the team that wins you the game. It's the team that you end with. So let's hope that Martinelli plays a part in this game that is not 10 minutes from the end like we normally see. Let's hope, because it seems at the moment he's either getting 90 minutes or 10 minutes at the end. And I really get frustrated with that with Arteta because I believe that this kid is something special. He's not just a half-decent player. This kid has got something really special. And I believe that he can be a good player. Now, just Mm. before I... come to an end here I want to touch on the Saka and Smith-Rowe thing I might be unpopular opinion I don't think Smith-Rowe and Saka have been Arsenal's two best players this season I think they've been very good but I don't think we are sitting there saying these two have to be our best number one players because actually in the last five or six games I don't think we're seeing that much from the pair of them, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. I actually think they've been very good over the course of the season. But remember that Smith-Rowe hadn't kicked a ball for Arsenal in the first team under Arteta since Boxing Day. So he's only really had, what, three months, four months playing football. And some of that he's been out injured as well. Saka has had a long game. And maybe I've been a bit harsh. I think Saka probably has been our best player this season. But what I'm trying to say is I don't think that they've been as good as people are saying. That's and what, yeah. that's nothing against them both because they're only 19. They're not supposed yeah. to be our best players. Enough. You know, Enough. Fabregas Enough. and Van Persie weren't our best players in 2006. They were yeah. two of our good players that everyone looked at and thought they'd be good for the future. We haven't got the other players around them currently performing. And that I put down to the coach and the players, but more the coach because I think he's confusing them. But 100%, Craig, Martinelli needs to play. Yeah, he's, the first, yeah, he's the first player on the team sheet for me. There, there, is, I, there is a I, way, Craig, Craig. There is a way he could put uh, uh, Martinelli at left wing and get Saka in the team. Sorry to keep coming in. Is that basically he could move Saka into the number 10 role. So he could play uh, Martinelli on the left. He could play Pepe on the right or Bamia. Good point. Good point. Move Saka into the central role. Or he could play Saka as a left wing back, play party in centre midfield. And he can move. And what could happen if Saka, if Saka goes forward as a left wing or as a left fullback, he could be attacking down the side. Martinelli can come inside. Saka can create the overloads. But he could part. Uh, Jack could then move across from his left central midfield role, move across to fill the gap when Saka's going forward. So there are options there. We can get away from this. One thing: if he wasn't going to change it against Newcastle on Sunday, he's not going to change it, is he? He's willed to this Jacka left back uh, slot. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just I I just think he'd be mad. I I think he'd be mad to leave an on-form young fella who is absolutely chomping at the bit to play for Arsenal has right. made 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 more chances than than anyone <laughs> on the pitch when it when he comes on five chances and one assist he created against Newcastle. So who was the last player that done that for us? Created anything to be honest. Um, and we're talking about not playing him, or we're talking about the manager not playing him. I just—it's madness, absolute Craig, madness. Craig, I've got a question, a couple of questions, just off the back of what the boys have been saying to put back to you, Craig. Who is better, Granite Xhaka or Fabian Delph? And the second question is, <laughs> who is Arsenal's Player of the Year? Because I'm struggling. Cool. Is Granite Xhaka better than Fabian Delph in central midfield or at left back? Neither. Either. Sorry. <laughs> Neither. Oh, yeah, you've answered your own question. <laughs> neither. Um, yeah, neither, I would say. Um, I thought Granit Xhaka, I'll be honest with you, I thought Granit Xhaka was doing all right until he got roasted. But would um, you rather have Fabian Delph? 
Yeah, I not now. I I'm talking about five years ago when we paid 32 million pounds. Oh, of course, Zachary. that's a no-brainer. That is, that's a no-brainer. But what, what are we talking about then? Because what we're saying is one of the most important players in our team is is comparable to a player that's on the football scrap heap. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that know, is and that's true. is where we are as a football club, you know. And <laughs> the other thing is, like player of the year, that Dan saying that Saka and and Mill Smith Rowe are not their players of the year. And that started me thinking, like, well, who is then? It is a tough one because I couldn't, no one is jumping out at me. Um, no one is jumping out at me who, who wins player of the it year. Is it is Saka. It is Saka. It? Jacka? It is Jacka. Jacka, that's right. That's what he said. Jacka. You've heard it here first, folks. Yeah. He's been converted. <laughs> We have to um, Danny would have been up there, but no. Get into some questions here. Um, This one comes in from (laughs) this one comes in from Tapas Lego Pulis. (laughs) 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 Would the panel take winning the Would the panel take winning the Europa League, which means Kroenke stays or lose the Europa, and Kroenke sells the club, and that allows us to move forward? Oh. God, what a question. Oh, see, is that a serious question? We, we, this game is all about winning for I don't care who's in the Yeah, I'm the I don't same. care who's in the dugout. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to stick it to them up the road and say, yeah. you've had another season without a trophy. I don't care if we win the Audi Cup yeah. now. We've, we, we, we'll win something they ain't. That's all it's about. Well, I agree. I, I, I agree, but not to the extent of winning the Audi Cup. But yeah, for me as a football supporter, as a football fan, as a, as a, as a supporter of Arsenal, seeing Arsenal win trophies is what's what I want to see. Um but then again, you know, Dan, this brings me nicely on to what I was going to talk about. Daniel Eck um, reportedly is is, is getting a, a bid ready. We've had Thierry Henry come out on Sky Sports today to say that the club, um, the heart of Arsenal has gone. Uh, that it's not the same club he remembers. And that, you know, something needs to be put back into the club uh, to bring it back to his glory days. What That, to me, is a big indication, Dan. I mean, people are saying... Why is Dennis Bergkamp in there? Why is Thierry Henry in there? Why is Patrick Vieira being mentioned? That today, what he said, I mean, sends a clear message that perhaps he is involved. Yeah, I must admit, I was really looking forward to this tonight because the first thing I thought was wishful thinking, you know, we all want Cronky out. Anything, please pray that some of this is true. And I really had a bad feeling that Thierry Henry was going to come out and just be really coy about it and just say, you know, look, I haven't had any contact. It's something I would be interested in, but I can't tell you much more than that. But for him to actually sit there and say, Daniel was an Arsenal fan. He's really serious about it. He's got the funds. He has contacted myself, Dennis Bergkamp and Patrick Vieira. And we are interested in trying to win some form of normality back and reality of Arsenal fans and the Arsenal fan base working with us, um, with the Arsenal Supporters Trust and other fans to try and get the club back on track. Now, that to me is a really, really good um, exciting piece of news because I think mm. that he could have just squashed all rumours and he could have been like Cronky staying. Now, Stan Cronky has come out apparently and Josh Cronky has said to the Arsenal fans forum that we are not selling. Bullshit. 
yeah, and the absolutely. reason I say that is because they're businessmen and they yeah. will for the right price. And they've said, haven't they, for the last couple of years that it's probably priced at around about 1.8 billion. Well, they bought it for just under a billion. So they're going to make money, whatever. They're not going to make the money that they wanted to. But I think now that they've got the hump about this European Super League, yeah. which I really don't think is going to happen, I think the format will change in the Champions League 100%. I just well, I mean, see it being a it's Super been league. the Premier League, the Premier League today, mate. I don't know if you saw it on Sky on Sky News, but they've brought in some, they've, they've, they've drawn up a charter that every club must sign to stop this from happening again. Um, and, have, and have included a list of punishments um, for every club, for any club um, that goes against the rule. So it looks like when, when it will happen, I don't know. Um, but it looks like we are going to get some form of punishment along with the other five um, for actually going in. Um, you know, and so we for, should. For, 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 yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I, yeah. Don't get me wrong, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We should. Um Let's hope it's not a points deduction because we're in danger of going down here. Yeah, I, <laughs> see the thing is, that. see the thing is, obviously the thing about it is, I think that the Premier League are going to have to be quite careful with the punishment because I don't want to sound disrespectful to uh, disrespectful to any other clubs, but you know, people were talking about putting us into the Championship and letting another six teams come up from the Championship to compete in the Premier League. I don't think that will happen. Obviously, the Premier League are going to use, they'll lose too much money with the, with, with the viewing figures, with the subscriptions, um, th- this kind of thing. So I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think a points deduction will happen. Um, I, I think it's going to be a massive fine, isn't it? I think it will be. Um, it will be, a, it will huge be. Be a huge fine, a huge fine, which the Cronkies have already said that they will cover. So yeah. And let's be let's be honest. When if Daniel Weck does come in, it it won't be next week. <laughs> this no, is this is time. it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Um, my my thing about um, it is that I think Cronky. If we'd have gone into the European Super League, I think Cronky put wants wanted to put us into the European Super League to add price to Arsenal. Right? If he gets yes. us into the European Super League, we're in it for twenty three years. You guarantee twenty three years of European Super League money. That means that the price of the club goes up. He puts us in there. I guarantee you, he would probably have put us up for sale as soon as we got into that competition. But now it's backfired, yeah. and I said it a couple of weeks ago. We're now he's broken chess piece. We 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 we're just not what the reason he wanted us. He ain't stupid. He bought us because he knew this league was happening. He knew this league was yeah, going to happen. Oh, this has uh, been going on for five years. Of course, been planned for years. Of course, he um, knew what he was doing. But now it's all falling apart. He's saying that we, he's saying that we're not for sale. I agree yeah. with you, mate. Absolute and, rubbish. Everyone's got a price. Yeah, it's got to be a big offer. I reckon two point five to three billion will do it. Um, the club's been what we valued at two point two billion. I think is it by Forbes? Yeah, a couple of couple of weeks got, ago. Yeah, he's got one point eight, hasn't he? Apparently, he's got so he brought a club for a billion. That's 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 some nice money. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that's yeah. a, that's some nice uh, money, mate. He's got he's got he's got his he's got his stadium in LA out of us. You know, he's got all the all his stuff in America out of us. J- just sell it up, Stan. I know you watch this. I know you watch this podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, you know. In the words of the great Claude, it's time to go. It's time to go. <laughs> it is time to go, and and I think that it will be. I think it is going to be the, when the price is right, he will go, and it will take some time. What I want people to be aware of, though, is I don't think this Daniel Weck is going to come in and start splashing cash and invest heavily no. because no. I don't think he is a billionaire that has. The, the money like a Roman Abramovich or a, or a Sheikh Mansour. So I think we have to be aware that we'll probably be a self-sustaining model again. Um, but the good thing is he cares and supports Arsenal. He's bringing three Arsenal men with him. And if the recruitment can be better, 
then we don't have to spend billions and billions and billions mm. of pounds. And Absolutely. I've said this a long, long time, that if we can actually get an understanding here that we do not need to spend 500 million pounds to compete with Manchester City and Liverpool, or well, not Liverpool this year, we, we really do not. And I know we've spent a lot of money and I know people think it's Cronky. It's actually a self-sustaining model that we've spent. We've never, Cronky's never put 400 million for us to spend in the net spend that people are talking about. We have spent a lot of money. And the problem is, look at what we've spent it on. Our mm. recruitment has been so poor and Stan Kroenke has stood there and allowed people to keep their jobs when they should not have. And he's not cared. And he's never been in the country, let alone in the ground. So I think what we need now is people that care. And that is the exciting thing for me, is we have Arsenal men. I don't know what that means for Mikel Arteta. I don't know what that means for the current board. I don't know if we need a shake-up completely. But I personally would feel new ownership, new board, new manager for me. I know a lot, a lot of people would agree. Um, and a few uh, good pieces of recruitment will get us back on the right track. And as for that question, I know the right answer, which is let's just win the Europa League. But I'm very reluctant to answer that quickly because I really feel that Kroenke being away from this club is the best thing for Arsenal than a European trophy. And that's horrible mm. for me to say. Yeah, no, it, yeah, of yeah, of course, of course. There's always that in the back of your mind. You have to, sometimes you have to look outside the box, don't you? You have to take a step mm. out and... Although, of course, we're all football fans. We want Arsenal to win trophies. We want to, you know, we want to have, see our club successful. When you open the door and step outside the box, ooh, actually, mm. look what it looks like out here with him gone. Do you know? Mm. So I, I get, I, I get what you're saying, but saying it's not for sale is just a sales tactic. Of course oh, absolutely. Sale. Get the bidding yeah, war going. Get the bidding war going. Graham, um, we're nearly running out of time, but I just want to come to you on, what we saw at Old Trafford yesterday, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of things on Twitter about it, um, saying that they were wrong, saying that, that, that they were right, um, you know that kind of thing. <sighs> it, it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, outside the ground, it looked absolutely brilliant what they were doing. They brought in their, you know, they brought their banners in, and they, they, it was a well orchestrated process. And then, of course. We see them um, break in. Well, I don't break in. I don't think they broke in. I'd say someone was well in on that um, and accidentally left the door open. Um, but obviously, uh, it, it's been it's been marred by a few. I saw a police officer with a big cut down his face. Um, I, I, I believe there was another female police officer attacked. Um, this, that, um, and the other. So you know, not condoning that. There's always a few idiots. Um, always a few idiots about what was your thoughts yesterday and what you saw at Old Trafford um, well um, they, they, they knew the protests were going ahead yesterday didn't they Man United so, and it's been denied today that basically that um, they left the gates open they're saying that it was vandalism people got open the gates haven't they so that's come out in a press release I think today uh, I just want to say one thing right there's a quote people who know me know that I'm a trade union representative okay uh, and uh, there's a civil right leader a congressman in america who basically said never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble necessary trouble which i think is a quite a good quote because basically football fans have been suppressed for too long right and i think the super league was the uh broke the camel's back so to speak but i think fans have been treated like uh, second class citizens for a long time uh, and I think the wave of football changed before we get onto the Man United bit. And I think Sky have got a lot to do with this. I mean, it's all right for them 
I know Gary Level and Jamie Carrigan said some good things yesterday, but Sky as a company were back on, were happy when that Super League was abandoned because, and I don't think it has gone away, actually. I think it's still there. I still think the new Champions League format in 2024, when it is in two years' time, of more games, more clubs, is edging towards a Super League. I still think it's going to happen. I do think that. But I think that football fans um, have been suppressed for a long time. We talked earlier in the podcast about sort of like the 1971 double winning team. That's when I started going to football with my father. Uh, And football then, football clubs then were about the local communities and about everybody in their area, okay? Fans, 90% of fans, their fan base was in and around their football clubs. What is it now? It's a global game. Arsenal fans in Singapore. The, The football clubs are not interested anymore about their fans who buy their tickets turn up at the stadiums they're interested just as much if not more in the football fans around the world because that's where their revenue their money's coming from so basically what happened in football was sky came along when the premier league started took over football and invested a lot of money into the premier league into football and in return for that, they wanted to change the whole format the way football was played that attracted big businessmen to come into football uh, and they come in and bought clubs. Now, if you're Chelsea and you've got Roman Abramovich, if you're Man City and you've got Sheikh Mansour, that's okay. You're not going to protest, are you? Because they, they've done good for the, your football clubs. They've won you trophies. But what you've got in clubs like Arsenal, Man United, is you've got rich businessmen c- come in, taking over football clubs with no real identity or don't give a shit about the heritage of that football club. They're in it to make money. Now, Man United is on the stock exchange floated for a lot of money on the stock exchange. So when Gary Neville talks about sort of like reform, he talks about regulation, he talks about fans moving towards this German model, who is ever going to be able to afford to take over that football club? Those Glazers bought that football club with borrowed money, I have to say, but they own that club now and it's worth billions. I don't think anybody's going to be in a position to wrestle that away from them unless they decide to give it up. I can't see it. Mm. So what you saw yesterday was a protest against the Glazers the way they're running that football club, they're taking £90 million out of that club every year. Now, so when sort of um, the fans forum turns around today and says, we want to meet with the Glazers, the Glazers weren't interested in that uh, that stream. They could have come on that stream last week because obviously with COVID, you can't have these at the moment. But they could have come on, put their position, but they weren't interested. They don't give a shit about that club, right? They're just in it to take £70, £90 million out of that club. So what would the fans say to them? They might say to them, this forum, Stop taking 70 to 90 million pounds out of our football club. Do you know what the Glazers are going to turn around and say to them? Do one, basically. Yeah. We're going to carry on taking money out of your football club. The fans of Man United made a stand yesterday for, for, because football fans in this country who go to games, football should be is nothing without the fans. But the authorities mm-hmm. who have allowed this to happen, allowed businessmen to come in and run these clubs, haven't cared about fans for a long time. So what you saw yesterday is fans standing up for their rights. But whether it's going to achieve anything other than they can continue to protest, but the security is going to be tighter now around football games as a result of that. They can continue to protest. There's no point in just signing petitions because they just dismiss it. So you have to make a stand and do something that's going to sort of like the establishment now in this country. I know it from my own position as trade union. They've literally made it impossible for you to protest or to sort of like challenge establishment and that's what's happened in football Craig uh, and unfortunately uh, Premier League 
TV stations, and you saw it recently with Sky. Sky were coming out criticising the Super League, but when football, when COVID came along, they still wanted to charge fans fourteen ninety nine to watch a game, didn't they? They didn't yeah, give a toss about yeah. football fans. So, so let's be tr- let's be get real about this. Everyone's got their interests. Sky are just as bad as these business owners. They, they just want to make loads of money out of football fans. And another thing is, have you noticed, right, at the moment, I hate this. I used to, when I grew up watching football, games were on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock. Now, slowly but surely, we away from that three o'clock format. And we've raised the, we're now in a position where you, football is two o'clock, four o'clock, six o'clock, eight o'clock, ten o'clock. Now, they put that down to COVID. To be interesting, won't it? When COVID, when everyone's had their two jabs this year, when the pandemic slightly eases, and we get back to normal living in the next year, are those TV companies, Sky, BT, Amazon, going to start recognising the fans who have to literally change their days off at work or to go and watch football, They might um, 8 o'clock on a Wednesday, 2 o'clock on a Tuesday? Are they going to think, do you know what? That's not fair on the fans now. We're going to put football back to the times it was before so fans can go and watch their football team at the right time. No, they're not. They're going to carry on. There's a danger that we carry on having football now structured in this way that is not right. And what we saw from the Man United fans yesterday, and I applaud them for it, uh, I don't condone the violence uh, because violence is not right. And to see that policeman with a stab across his face yesterday was horrific, yeah. right? Uh, it's terrible. So, but, but the reality is football does not give a toss about the fans, the authorities who have allowed this to happen. They've allowed businessmen to come in. It started when Sky took over football. We've reached the stage now where fans are like second-class citizens and they just want your money. They just want your money in shirt sales. They want your money in tickets. And they don't care about the fan now. Football's nothing without fans. And the fans made a great response yesterday. I hope that it continues. But I just don't see it as good as those Man United fans were. Those Blazers have got that football club on the stock market. Uh, and I just can't see how they can wrestle that away in the way Gary Neville was saying yesterday to regulate it. It's, our football is different to Germany. Germany is totally different to, 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 to England. Uh, and, you know, it was great yesterday. Um, football fans sort of standing up for their rights. I hope that, you know, and I think it will now happen at other clubs. I think you'll see something now. It's going to other clubs, like even Arsenal. I bet we're going to see this. Mark my words, in the next couple of months, next few weeks, you might even see it. That sort of stuff replicated at other football clubs. Because I think you'll see fans get together and organise something similar. But Man United is a different. Man United, Craig, is a different. Just finish up here. Man United is a different animal to to, to Arsenal. Uh, we're not. Uh, Man United's on the stock exchange. They have to every time they have a transfer, they have to announce it to the stock market when they're buying a player. Arsenal's different. The Cronkies haven't got us on the stock market. But um, but the way that club, um, mind you, they would argue they put a lot of money into the club. They have made big player sales, haven't they? Unlike Arsenal, they have invested money into the club. But I, I, I think that the fact that they're taking a 90 million, and they're massively in debt, Man United, don't they? Something like 500 million in debt. Mm. So that's what I, really the fans don't like. Um, it was great that they stood up for their rights yesterday. Whether it achieves anything long term, I doubt, to be honest. But unfortunately, fo- we've allowed football to become what this was. It's always been a business, been owned by rich businessmen who want their money out of it. And COVID's come along and accelerated the process. They, they haven't got fans in stadiums, Craig. They're sitting on losses of 150, and and they're not going to sit on losses. That's why they wanted to move this Super League forward. And I don't think it's it's got it hasn't gone away. That that Champions League format could easily be the start of a Super League because you've got 10 teams in there. It could easily become 20. 
then all of a sudden you've got your Super League, and I still think yeah, well, yeah, you got your you got your Super League because you UEFA and FIFA yeah. have got this, or you, you know UEFA Sky BT, they've all got their Super League. Yeah, yeah um, just one other thing, Craig. Just one other thing. Sorry to totally interrupt. Just coming with one other thing, and I think what you're saying, these clubs, right? Arsenal, Man United, Man City, Chelsea. Why do they want that Super League? They want to start streaming their own matches, right? Of course, so, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so basically, at the moment, you've got Sky taking their bit, UEFA taking their bit. If they could control their own game their games well they're selling it to the public they're then making money exclusively for the clubs those clubs will get richer and richer Sky will be out of the picture BT will be out of the picture Amazon will be out of the picture UEFA won't get their cut as well and that's ultimately where it's all about earning more money because the funny thing is football now how do clubs this will be interesting this summer we've had no money coming into the game clubs will be under enormous pressure we've talked about it on this pod transfers for next season Arsenal have just taken a 100 million loan of the government. There are three clubs in world football, a billion pound in debt, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Spurs. How do clubs finance transfers? Gary Neville's a bit of a hypocrite. When he turns around and talks about the way he does, he was encouraging Man United to go out and spend 200 billion pound on Harry Kane in the summer because we need a top quality centre forward. That club is 500 million in debt. Yet Gary Neville said, go out and buy Harry Kane for 200 million. Football at the moment, that's why... This has come to what it has. It's been accelerated by COVID. These businessmen are not going to sit on their losses, Craig. Sorry, I've dragged you on a bit. No, 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 not at all, mate. Every single, a great listen. Everything you said is absolutely spot on, mate. Absolutely spot on. Speaking from the heart as a fan. Why not? Why not go on? Do you know what I mean? Um, My worry is, Mark, is that... You know, in a couple of, are we going to see something like this at the Emirates? Because in a couple of weeks, or a couple of, we're we're getting fans back in the ground, aren't we? Um, yeah. And do you know what this you say about fans back in the ground? So, a couple of things just to touch on the. So, um, RM in the group chat said, "What have Man United got to moan about? They've won the league. They've won multiple trophies under the Glazers. Their club is going from strength to strength commercially. They're still competing financially in the squads. They're paying. Uh, they've got." World Cup winners, they've got uh, Hernandez's and things. They've got absolutely nothing to moan about. So, you know, just 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 be careful what you wish for. And by the way, if those supporters of that football club have got such an amp about what's going on there, they could quite easily have, have supported their fellow true United fans uh, when they set up FC United in, yeah. uh, in green down point. the road. So you've got that much of a problem about it. Um, uh, make your noise with your feet. Make make the noise with your with your credit cards, with your iPhones, with your money. Because ultimately, that's the only thing that billionaires listen to. So that brings me back to another thing. Beware swapping a billionaire businessman for another, because yep. very very few billionaire owners in the world like parting with money. They like making money you do not become a million billionaire overnight by giving away hundreds of millions of pounds okay so just because we're going to get one billionaire for another doesn't mean to say that this football club's also going to get some we know dancers we're still going to be self-invested self-funded right that's that's fine as long as you've got people at the top who know what they're doing what the hell does Thierry Henry know about running a football club (laughs) nothing I'll tell you what he knows nah thing if he's, 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 not yeah, even, he's not even a good coach by the way yeah. very good <laughs> center forward very good center forward unless he's going to get his boots back on say later Dennis Bergkamp if he wants to come back and run our youth academy I'll go and pick him up okay <laughs> Patrick Vieira if he wants to get involved in the first team 
on a disciplinary leadership coaching level, very welcome. Thierry Henry, he looks good in a Sky Sports studio, and I think that's the best place for him. No business in our football club. This is big business, big high-end elite-level sports run by management. We're talking business. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This may upset some Arsenal yeah, fans. No, He's got no, no place in our board. He is too young, too inexperienced. What, what, what are we going to have now? A rookie manager, rookie scouts, rookie director of football, and, and Thierry Henry leading the ship? No, thank you. No, no. And, I don't think, and, I don't think, and yeah. what I'm saying to finalise is if players, if, if supporters want to protest, when the grounds reopen, have your meals in the local businesses, Pybury Corner, who have been trying – for four seasons to get their products into the Emirates Stadium. And they've been promised on multiple occasions that their products will be put into the grounds and they've been denied for four years running with no legal or no reasonable explanation. Buy your pies from Pybury Corner. Buy your burgers from the independent burger stands outside. Buy your beers from the Tollington. Do not go to the large business-owned establishments that surround and control the Emirates stadiums. Put your money into the local community. And when you go to that ground, watch the football, support your team, and keep your money in your pocket mm. until you leave. You have to second that. That's I it. have to second that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well said, mate. Well said, mate. Dan, I'll come to you and we'll, we'll finish it off there on the Thierry on reefing. Where I agree with Mark about Bergkamp um, and and um, Vieira, I do disagree with the Thierry Henry thing. And I think Thierry Henry will be a great front. I think Thierry Henry is being brought in to have that connection with the supporters, um, to be the kind of, not so much to be on the board as a... Back here, right, then. Uh, yeah, well, just, he's, he's, he's yeah, but he's... Yeah, but he's, he's chosen Thierry Henry, hasn't he? Uh, you know, Ian Wright's another great shout. Of course, there's loads of shouts. But Thierry Henry would be the connection between us fans and the club. Would, am I going along the right road there, Dan, or am I talking I, I absolute? Kind of, I, I, well, firstly, I think Graham's made some great points about, about the actual whole Super League thing. Secondly, mm. I think Mark's made some really good points. But I'm kind of in between you on this one because I'm against players coming back and uh, to the club um, and, uh, and, uh, and there'd be a risk of them failing. Uh, because the, the, it tarnishes their legacy, basically. So we've seen it with Mikel Arteta, we've seen it with Frank Lampard. I don't like it. I think they need experience elsewhere and then come back when they think they're ready. So I would have that bit. The reason I don't mind them on the board is because their best interests are, are at heart from Arsenal mm. Football Club. So they're not responsible for the players on the pitch. They're not responsible for the coaching staff. Listen, I'm sure they'll give their, their expertise. I'm sure they will. But I think on the board, I'm more for them. Um, a little bit like I wasn't against Edu because I believed that his best interest was at heart. Now, the jury's still out for me on Edu massively. However, I think off the pitch, I've started to see something positive with him and Arteta. Forget on the pitch. I want. I think they're mm. awful. <laughs> but I think actually when you look at Henri, Burkamp and Vieira, they're going to be looking like we do as fans and they will have a connection with the fan base. I believe Henri when he says he'll touch base with the Arsenal Supporters Trust and the Arsenal Fans Forum. And I think that is a positive. So I'm a little bit with Mark in terms of them coming back to the club because it can tarnish them. I don't think they're experienced enough. But I'm with you, Craig, in the fact that I think their best interests are at heart. That's what mm. I think about it. 
Just quickly in terms of the protests, because I know time's ticking on. I think that if we do what we did against Everton, absolutely fine. Peaceful protest. Someone hurt himself badly on the box office. And unfortunately, that can happen. People can get injured and there's a lot of people around. But we did not do what Manchester United did. I totally understand the frustration, but have a glazer out sign. Don't have nothing in your hands, your scarf and your hoodie on and start punching and throwing punches at police officers and battering down hotel room doors. That's not a protest. That's that's crime and antisocial behaviour. So that takes away the message from the protest. Yes, it like does. Black, absolutely. A bit like yeah, Black Lives Matters, you know? So that's yeah. why I'm against that. Peaceful protesting, 100%. And I think we will do that on both of the home games that are remaining against West Brom and Brighton. So I expect to see Arsenal fans peace protesting until we get well these properties out yeah well said mate um yeah do if you are going towards the ground for any kind of protest do do it with a bit of class do you know like Roe castle says remember you know remember who you're you know remember who you're representing here we're arsenal fans you know we're not look you're always going to get you're always going to get a few idiots that are going to spoil it for everyone and unfortunately the few idiots yesterday in manchester have tarnished the rest of the rest of what they were, you know, the rest of the group, and what they were trying to portray, and what they were trying to trying to get over. So, you know, I, I'm a, yeah, I'm I'm totally with the Man United fans for the reasoning behind it, but of course, we'll never condone, you know, the, the scenes that I saw yesterday of that poor police officer with a cut down his face. That's going to be there for the rest of his life. Well, a lot to go of that goes down to uh, public spending as well, doesn't it? You know, we've got to look well, at the governments and stuff like that true. because those, those police, you know, what I mean, they're, they've not. You know, is, is, is it shock horror that morons drunk uh, uh, well, in no, football no, matches are going to get violent towards the police? Yeah. I mean, the, the police should have all the, all the protection they need. They should yeah. have all the, the equipment they need. Clearly, that, clearly, those officers did not have the support on the back. That's all well and good horses turning up at the end of a protest. It's, it's just like a blister turning up at the end of the day's work. No good to no one, is it? Yeah, no, it's not. But I look, I look, I look more into it that that poor that poor fellow had to go home last night to his kids with a big slash down his face. Do you know what I mean? should have been protected. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I agree. I'm not saying yeah, moronic saying... behaviour. People, m- morons, latch on to peaceful protests, and they see it as an opportunity to be moronic. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, just yeah. Don't I'm not do saying. It. Yeah, just no, no, I wasn't. Home. I wasn't suggesting that you work. No, 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 I was no, just no, saying no. I'm looking at looking at it on that way. No, that's just very sad. It's awful. It's awful. I'm going to finish on this one. This is from. Is that T? What's that? T. T. Hey, you're on me. <laughs> Very good. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, big shout out to Claude, who will be passing the Emirates uh, for one last time on Friday, the 7th of May, between 11 and 11.30 p.m. Now, if you want to go down and uh, pay your last respects to Claude, that's there's your time. Uh, Friday, the 7th of May, um, he'll, be, he'll be driven past um, for one last time. To the ground that he obviously was at all the time, to the ground that he loved, to the team that he loved, um, he will be forever missed. Uh, so rest in peace, Claude, mate. Um, and we will see you when we get to the other side. Thanks for everyone who watching us um, this evening. Um, another good therapy session uh, has come to an end. We hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, loads of numbers watching us live again nearly 400 watching us live absolutely fantastic audio will be posted up very shortly um, on Spotify Apple Podcasts and the likes Dan thank you very much indeed sir thank you very much mate. I'll see you tomorrow as always uh, absolutely good to, see, uh, good to see Mark and Graham as well it was a pleasure and a great podcast cheers Craig no problem mate Graham thank you very much indeed sir great to have you back and great to have someone who can pronounce players names properly <laughs> 
Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's been a privilege to be back on. Um, I, I do think this week we will go through against Villarreal. I do think we get the job done. I think if he doesn't get the job done, I've got this funny feeling he could be in trouble, you know. Uh, mm, I, 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 I'm with you. Uh, these owners are under enormous pressure, and I could just see him using him as a scapegoat, you know, to yeah. appease the fans, you know, get rid of Arteta. They've got no loyalty to anyone, these business people, and although they're saying they're backing him, uh, I... I um, you know, the, you could just see sort of the owners putting pressure on the board to get rid of him, to just try and appease the fans if we go out. I, I think we got lucky in that first leg. Uh, Villarreal, I think, have missed a big opportunity. I think Emery will come and be very cautious in the second leg. That's why I think we need to go for it, play quickly, get on the front foot, push him back, uh, and, and get that, you know, sort of like play the attacking players uh, like Martinelli, Aubameyang, to get that goal. Uh, and and I, I think we will go through. I think that we got let off the hook in Villarreal, uh, and I think we'll go through. So, but yeah, great to be back on tonight uh, as ever. And then, and I just see myself as sitting in for the judge tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Mark, thank you very much, mate. Um, hope you no, hope right. you uh, get your materials and. Uh, no, I've got my list. I know I'll get it in the morning, but it's just been an absolute pleasure to be see Graham again and also to take part in the podcast's uh, most hairiest show. Obviously, uh, yeah. not having the judges on, we've broke hair records tonight. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and if uh, Graham's you know, swapped with Lee, then that means that I've swapped with Harry, which is a complete contrast <laughs> in skin colour, isn't it? Gone from a Greek... Uh, what, is he Greek? Sorry. That's, he's not Greek. He is Greek. Yeah, he's Cypriot. 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 He's Cypriot Greek. Cypriot Greek. Isn't he? Not <laughs> Cypriot. Greek. No, he's not Turkish Cypriot. So he's a no, Cypriot. he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a Swiss Jacker Cypriot Greek. Uh, so, right. but, but what my point is, he's a, he's a tanned Adonis, and yeah. I am clearly not a very good substitute for that. So, uh, apologies in advance. He's also, he's, he's also a very good bloody. He's also a very good chef. If you look at his yeah. bloody Twitter, Christ Almighty! Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind going. I wouldn't mind going for a barbecue round his house. I'll tell no you. No one that. said he cooks it though, does he? He just takes yeah, pictures Mark. of it and says this is nice. Mark, can you do us a favour? Mark, go on. He does a favour. Well, can I come in? Can I come in, Craig? Yeah, can, can I come, come in, in, Craig? All right, so that, that, that door behind me keeps opening there every bloody week, doesn't it? So, what, Mark, I don't know if you've got any spare time the weekend. I just want yeah. that door taken out and a wall put in there, all right? So, yeah, yeah, no, right. <laughs> I've I got, I got, got a couple of... I could, I could fit a doorbell on for you. I do I, mainly electrics, <laughs> but... Uh, I, <laughs> I could put a red light on the outside of it for you. Like, studio, in session. <laughs> thanks very much to everyone again for watching um, I hope you enjoyed the game on Thursday night if you can watch it I'm not going to give any score prediction I'm not going to ask any of the boys for score Free predictions either Arsenal. I'm too nervous about it um, <laughs> could be the end of the season well it's good if, you know Great lose that game it is <laughs> lose, lose that game it is the end of the season um, so wouldn't judgment it be ironic, day wouldn't it be ironic if Martin Eddy comes off the bench and gets the winner well, please, please. If he does do that, you know, for well after the game, I'll take her and go, see, that's what I've been saving him for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. Until we see you again, um, take care of yourselves and each other. And of course, up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.